right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to my uh, my live stream. We are at Get Parks Beer Culture on the Upper West Side of New York City. Came by to uh, say hi to Matt on this on this glorious, glorious. It might as well be Friday afternoon. We got uh, Matt, the owner of Get Parks, and also the true star of uh, the Beer Show. Beer Show. He is the actual star. I'm I'm just his like. What am I? Sidekick. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. Sidekick. All right. Hey, hope I saw you shredding with no hands this morning. Yeah, I might have did that. I was on my bike in Central Park, and I, I do something called the, uh, the show off. No, I, I do what's called the no hands challenge. Okay. So you you start at the finish line of the uh, New York City uh, Marathon. All right. You let go of your handlebars, and you see how far on the big loop you can get around without touching your handlebars. Okay. How far did you go? I made it all the way to the uh, the back hill. Did you really? Yeah. You, went, you went downhill. Yes. You went down that big. And, and, I, and I was screaming like a bitch. Oh my god! I had real noises, and that was the hill that uh, Bono wiped out on. But uh, yeah, I did a live stream too, so I, I was filming myself on a bike, no hands, doing the no hands challenge. It's on my YouTube uh, also page. The last few minutes challenge, dude. It was <laughs> they they did construction on that big hill. So the, the turn, you know it, you know it well, right? I haven't seen the construction yet. But but, but it, you know how it's an S turn like this, yeah. and it's pretty steep. All downhill. Uh, because they're doing construction, it was very tight, and, and there was a moment I'm like, ah, I am effed. But I uh, and then I, you gave up when the hill started, the, the uphill. I, I didn't give up on purpose, but I went, I went half, not halfway. I went up uh, a lot, but I was in the wrong gear, so I finally had to give up. Yes. Well, back in my earlier uh, years, I actually did the whole loop without hands once. Wow. The entire, yeah, that's because on that big hill on the back, I I was in such good shape that I actually could go no hands on my bike and get off the seat. Oh, wow. And get off the seat. Yes. So uh, that was pretty acrobatic. That, that, yeah. that was like a million years ago, but there you go. Try juggling while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Beetles or stones? He's going to say stones. I am. I'm, I'm also going to say uh, uh, 70 stones. Sounds good. Right. Tomato, beetles, or stones? Zeppelin. <laughs> Zeppelin? Come on in. This is our friend uh, Tomato. This is the first time uh, Tomato's been on the, uh, the live stream, but you might know him because he's the one that does the drum beats on Dub Beer Show, and, and they're absolutely killer, man. And I'm meeting Tomato for the first time today, so... Wait, uh, so you say Zeppelin? I say Zeppelin, without a doubt. Beatles or Stones, Zeppelin. But I, lo <laughs> I love 70 Stones. Yeah. I love Disco Stones. I love... Uh... Wait, you go Disco Stones? Yeah, I go Disco. What about you? Which Disco Stones? I'm like so Miss You, Emotional Rescue. I guess it's not really Disco. I, but... but it has the Disco beat. I, I go Harlem... Sticky Fingers. I go Harlem Shuffle. I, 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 I have no problem saying I like the Harlem Shuffle. But the Stones lost it for me after uh, Tattoo You. Oh, that's a great album. I do love that album. That's a perfect. But, no, but perfect after album. that, I don't know. Slave. I, Slave. Sla well, the beauty of Tattoo You that most people don't understand, the deep tracks on Tattoo You are absolutely amazing. Not the songs. Yeah. Not the songs they Tops. put. Yes. Yeah. Not the songs they put on the radio ad nauseum. They, they, that album is great from beginning to end. And a lot of the tracks off that album, you might know better, uh, uh, tomato uh, were were uh, uh, songs in their archives forever. Yeah. They were they were uh, like kind of just uh, you sitting know, around, throwing minutes sitting in. around. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Tomato's in a band called Sound of Urchin, and we use his drum beats to start and end the beer show. So 
Uh, favorite Zeppelin album? Oh, wow. Favorite Zeppelin album? Wow, that's so tough. You did open the door. It's oh, not, my God. I mean, they're, they're all freaking amazing. You got to say physical graffiti. Uh, all right. Cashmere. Anyone that says anything about Led Zeppelin right. and says, oh, maybe, you know, they copied the, the blues guys, they stole from. Who writes Cashmere? Right. They didn't even write it. You know what I mean? Agent Plant didn't even write it. It came from. It came, yeah, it came some, from somewhere. It came from another dimension. <laughs> I like uh, I like Zeppelin uh, two and three. Oh, three's great because I like I like when they went, go more like kind of acoustic and it really shows off Robert Plant's vocals. Tangerine, Tangerine's an amazing song. Perfect. Fucking oh, can I say Houses that? of the Holy was one of my first ever owned albums. Really? Oh, that's a great that was a gift from yeah. my cousin. Yeah, yeah, that's not a. Uh, all right, but you go Zeppelin over Stones and Beatles. That's interesting. I would yeah. too. And I, I, I know I can man. take a third choice. Beatles make me sad, you know? I like Paul McCartney and Wings because they make me happy. And Beatles make me sad. Like, it's like, you know, I, 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 they give me an icky feeling, the Beatles. I kind of like that thought. You're not wrong. <laughs> They're for a rainy day. Like uh, I liked know. when the Beatles got really trippy. Yeah, I yeah. am the walrus and when they were just... Out of their effing minds on acid. I I, I love that. Anybody be trippy. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but you're not wrong. Beatles makes me sad. You know what I mean? Stones didn't make. Hey me man, sad. let's hey let's rock. Right. And they put on Strawberry Fields forever. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I had a friend, and this is not my quote, but you you like this. He said. Uh, he said. I don't like the Beatles because I like rock music. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, all you can't say anything bad about the Beatles. They're right. freaking incredible. Every, every you know, I just don't want to listen to. They them wrote the song. book, <laughs> right? Somebody else can listen to them. Yeah, they make me sad. The best is Ten Years Gone. Oh, yeah. now you're talking. Yeah. Uh, now you're now you're talking. That song is absolutely perfect. So when I was growing up, I, I was on the crossroads of like music. So I liked. Um, well, I had a friend Rob, who was way ahead of his years, and he was obsessed with Jethro Tull. Yeah. <laughs> so because of him, I was into Jethro Tull for a little while. Yeah. Right. So my great. first bands were Jethro Tull. Uh, Black Sabbath oh, nice. sure. and Zeppelin, and then in my high school there was a there was a people were splitting into either the Black Sabbath camp or the Zeppelin camp, but I, I picked uh, Zeppelin over Black Sabbath, and then and then I got rid of the the flute nonsense. <laughs> yeah, right. But every now and again you hear a flute and it takes you right back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, a little canned heat never hurt anybody. <laughs> they were the kings of the flute. Right? right, going up the country. Oh God, what a great song! <laughs> yeah, right. So Tony, yeah. Tony Speed is bringing up the Star Star, which is the best Stone song. Oh, Star Star, that's uh, Sticky Fingers, I think. From now, he's just being a dick, and I'll tell you why. And it's, and it's more than fine that he's being a dick, but we also want to know what album uh, Star Star is off. So I was doing a radio job in uh, in Buffalo, and um, we had this stupid promotion called Pick Your Stones Weekend. And people could call up and go, hey, play uh, She's a Rainbow. Oh, that's a great song. Where are you calling from? No problem. And you hit the song, right? And we were allowed, which is rare in radio, any song they picked, we were allowed to play that weekend. Wow. So someone goes, hey, oh, uh, play Star Star. And I'm like, oh, that's one of the best Stone songs ever. Where are you calling from? I'm Mikey from Tonawanda. I'm like, all right, what's your favorite station? The Fox. You know, do the whole spiel. <laughs> and then uh, I'd start the song. And then I turned down the monitor in the in the uh, studio because I was flirting with the girl on the phones. And all of a sudden, my hotline starts ringing. 
And Mike Benson, who is no longer with us, he died a few years back. Great guy. He was at a car show in Buffalo, and they were cranking the radio station. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Turn up your monitor. And I'm like, what? So I turn up the monitor here. Fuck this star. Fuck this star. The F word's in that song about 100 times. Oh, really? And that's a huge no-no for regular radio. I went white. Yeah. I thought I was a rock star flirting with this right. girl. Star stars playing. There's a car show. Everything's great. He's just about to get fired. And then the next hotline rang after Mike, who said, Turn, get rid of that. And I, I quickly got the song off the radio. The next call was, I'll see you in my office at 9 o'clock Monday. Oh, oh no. Shit. Oh, man. I threw myself on the sword. And long story short, uh, I did not get fired. But... The whole weekend, I had to wonder if I was going to get fired for that one. <laughs> oh, God. Nick Umbridge, who I love, LZ sucks. God, Led Zeppelin doesn't suck. Wait, he's, he's saying Led Zeppelin sucks? Yeah. Uh-oh, that's – all but, right, whatever. That's cool. But I got guys that were something yeah, to say. Go listen to The Who. <laughs> go listen to The Who. <laughs> I don't mind, I got to say. I don't mind the who. Oh, man. Behind blue eyes. Oh, that's a horrible song. Oh, you don't like that one? Oh, no. No? Yeah. Right? I'm a Wings fan, man. Dude. I like the Wings. We're like so the- sorry, yeah. Uncle Albert. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Band on the Run. Band on the Run. Honestly, uh, one of the most underrated albums actually is uh, Ramp. Yeah. By, by Paul McCartney. That's got that uh, Uncle Albert on that, that one. That's why I brought it up. Crazy song. It is a whacked out song. <laughs> it's it's like three songs in one. Tomato and Matt look like an Opie and Carl cover band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, bravo. Oh, that works. We, we miss our pal uh, Carl. Did you ever meet Carl Tomato? No, no, no. He was Matt was telling me about him. He was a special, uh, a special bird, man. Yes, he was. He was uh he was unbelievable. Yeah, so so Tomato is in a band called Sound of Urchin, and we use his drum beats for uh the beer show. Uh the beginning of the show and the end of the show. Those ridiculous drum beats comes from this guy. How long have you been playing drums? Oh man, since I can remember. Really? I was like, you know, I was banging on the stairs and the pots and pans and I, I don't know anything other than drumming. Well, I, I play other instruments, but I'm just born a drummer. That's it. I That was my uh, instrument instrument growing up. Oh, yeah? You're a drummer? Well, I'm one of seven, eight, nine kids. And uh, so I was allowed to drum on the pads, and that was it. No, you never had a kid. Oh, man. You, you, have you ever got behind a kid? Yes. Like any, like any, no, I can't get anything done. No, I'm not going to oversell it. But I loved playing the drums, and I brought the pads home, but they, the stupid sticks just bounce off the pads. Uh, the rudiments. And then um, it was time to get a drum kit. My mom's like, hell no, man. There's enough noise in this house. Hell no. Oh, man. My parents uh, my parents were fighting all the time, so uh, they were fine <laughs> when you played. Yeah, so when Metallica and Slayer came out, then it was like, then yeah. it was on in my bedroom. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That, then it was on. Did, and they didn't mind? because you? Were, no, they loved it, actually. They were very supportive of it. That's great. Because yeah. you, you were drowning out the, uh, yeah, the fighting? Completely. Yeah, the living room was like the jam room. Like, bands would just come over every day. Like, you know, all, all the different kinds of bands I was in back in high school. What do you got over here, Matt? What the fuzz country from Half Acre? These guys are in Chicago. Ooh. And I think, you know, I figured you wanted to try something different. This one's a wheat pale ale. Okay. 
5%, that's right up your alley. And, and tomato, you're not, no. Don't I have to, yeah, no. Can smell What's it. that going to do? You can smell no, it. No, no. Tomato said he can't uh, have a beer today. Don't do this, tomato. I have a Quest Laboratory test tomorrow morning at 11. So I didn't want to, like, get, you know, my right. liver level spiked up. But I could try this we'll fuzz smell country. For I'll smell try it. it. What's, what, what's one sip going to do? Cheers, <laughs> I'll check in, in in an hour. Right, twenty years uh -oh. later. A gateway. Any good blood tests or just a basic yeah. one? All of them. Oh, you're just getting freaking it. fasting the whole. All right. Oh wait, you got to bang the table. Of course. I don't know. I watched Matt do it. <laughs> well, Matt, explain why we bang the table again. I love this. All right. So <laughs> there's a couple of reasons. One is cheers to us and cheers to the bar. Yes. Let's let us drink it, but. The one I like the most is that uh, there was a Spanish king many, many years ago who was uh, so inbred that he couldn't hold his glass up long enough after the cheers to drink out of it. So he had to put his cup down, and uh, the general populace had to mimic what the king did. So everybody <laughs> would cheers each other, I'm weak, and then go forth and drink. I, I think all kings are weak. Look at that stupid uh, – uh, I, I still call him oh, Prince Charles. Charles. Did you watch that nonsense? Uh, I was at a, uh, I was having brunch when it was on, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I didn't have no idea what the hell was going on. They looked like they were all wearing stupid Halloween costumes. They looked ridiculous. Like it, it doesn't yeah. work anymore. No. Or update the stupid robe and the and the costume. So many people love it. No, they don't. Nobody <laughs> loves it. Nobody no, they're too it. scared to say they they don't love it over there. King Charles is a it's weak, good. weak man. It's really good. Yeah, this is really good. So Fuzz Country, man. Fuzz Country. Have this one. Half Acre. Fuzz Country Half high. Acre. Cheers to that. Cheers. Oh. <laughs> Wait, we have to do that every to time. Every time. So, so what do you think of the, the, the coronation? Did you watch? I didn't watch it. Okay. it was, you got to watch it for the terrifying, goof. terrifying, man. It's terrifying. Oh, I don't get it, man. I don't get any of that well, stuff. Well, he's just a figurehead. There's literally people behind the scenes that, uh, you know, run the – run the real show so and then he kicks his one son off the balcony because he's not in good with the with the monarchy right now but it's his Kick dad him off the balcony yeah because out? like he's not following uh the rules and protocol so his dad's most important day of his dad's life the dad kicks the son off the balcony go after yourself and then they try to say oh we're just family i'm the king i'm the king we're just family Go fuck yourself, man. It might have worked in the '80s, but it just doesn't fly now. It, you know, like people were into it at one, at some point. Now, at this point, no, you know? I don't think so. Revolution is their kick-ass song, though. Yeah, the I, Beatles. Well, the Beatles have some uh, some punk songs. Elter Skelter, Elter Skelter, and Revol and Revolution are two. Those are true punk songs. So, so the Beatles, I think. Um, invented a lot of different genres. Don't yeah, I don't think? think they invented the punk song, but I feel like who, that was... Who, who do you think invented the punk song? If you had to get invented, it's uh, how it's, far back does the punk song? This Little is a Richard. great question. Little Richard? No, I'm not even kidding because I was listening to a lot of Little Richard these past few months. Right. And like I downloaded this album, you know, like 14 hits or whatever. And he is, he is like freaking on fire. It's punk rock. Right. Like he, he, no, it, you like you now understand why nobody, or like nobody, can even come close, and they all try to. You hear, you hear Robert Plant in him. You hear Steven Tyler in him. You hear like you know, the, wow. the, like Kurt Cobain. Right. You know what? This guy's screaming through every song. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you keep on knocking and you can't come in. And it's like freaking right. like 
That's right. It's just they didn't have the distortion. All. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. you, I mean, you know about Kurt Cobain, right? He yeah. died. He died. <laughs> well, when was this? Where are you telling me? What the, when the hell did that happen? I don't have to listen to them anymore, then. Um, but he was into 70s classic rock and roll. Right. He was into Boston. Kiss. Kiss. I'm trying to remember all the bands. Boston he was really into. I didn't know that. Yeah, because he, uh, that's what he said. He was writing uh, More Than a Feeling. Right. And, and, and uh, Team Spirit was patterned after More Than a Feeling. Right. Which you can actually hear now. You could hear but it's like kind of a, a minor version of right, it. Right. It's if, if you hear both songs. You're not wrong. Put them side by side. Um and, and Boston's first album was just ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't realize that uh Tom Schultz from Boston played all the instruments except sang on that album. He's playing oh, yeah. every instrument on that album. I no. didn't realize that. I listened to a podcast with him recently. Yeah. So so I have a, a slight connection. When I did uh, radio in Boston, I actually hung out with Sid, the drummer. Oh, Sid Hashim. He came to all our gigs. And no this guy way. was so effing cool. And he knew. He knew his place. So Tom, Sh- uh, Tom Schultz was a, a genius. Genius. And he wrote all the songs and played on all the instruments. And then he needed a band so they could go out and, and perform the song. So he found Sid. And he found Brad Dell. Brad Dell didn't Brad write Del. one fucking word of the Boston songs. Right. Or maybe he wrote something on, cool, you know, the third album, maybe. But, yeah. yeah, most people don't know that whole band is one guy, truly. Yeah, and he was working on those songs for, like, six years. Right. Like, that, those same songs. And he said they sounded just like that, like, six years before, which is, like, 72 or, you know. He knows, he knows his music. Oh, uh, yeah. I, professional musician. Wait, he knows his beer. He knows his music. Where do you go? <laughs> I don't know shit. I don't know shit. Here's a great Brad Delp story. So uh, I worked at a station called WAF, the only station that really rocks in Boston. And we had a Christmas party. And this band came in. to. They were a Beatles cover band. Uh, and the lead singer of the Beatles cover band was Brad Delp. That was his. That was his gig. Oh, after wow! After Boston fell off the the, wow. the map, and he loved doing it. Right. And then Anthony, who I used to do radio with, he actually went up. Uh, it was for our Christmas party. He went up and sang a song with Brad Delp. Oh, really? Wow. I that- think they sang Guns and Roses. If I, if I <laughs> which is so fucking weird, right? Lead singer of Boston, singing with Anthony that I did radio with. Singing a Guns N' Roses song, right? I think that's what it was, if I remember. That's a correctly. good moment. Yeah, right on. Well, Brad, that, he had an amazing voice, man. That's his. Didn't he kill himself with a grill? You know that too, right? Uh, I was gonna bring it up, and I decided not to. Yeah, because we're trying to keep it light. Uh, that must have hurt. Like, what do you? What, like, did he take the grill? Like, he banged his head with it in a bathroom in his house, right? No. I, well, I don't, maybe I heard like there was a a, a screen door. That opened up from his bedroom, I thought. Oh, is that what it was? And he pulled a, a barbecue grill inside and right. lit it. And oh. that's how he went. And he left signs for the family. Right. And said, like, don't worry, the cat's downstairs. Okay. Like, oh, right. man, that's... Make sure you flip the burgers in 20. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Your favorite band of all time. My favorite drummer is John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. You don't go Ginger, Ginger Baker? No. No, no. I'm John Bonham, Stuart Copeland... Dave Lombardo from Slayer. Dave Lombardo, yeah. Those are my faves. I added uh, I added two like the other day. It was Mark Brzezicki from Big Country. Actually, it's, that's a deep 
80s cut, but a very great band with an amazing drummer. Big Country is, a, is an underrated band. People only know a couple of their songs. They're, they're, they're you know, a really good favorite band. Favorite band of all time, Fit Lizzie. Fit Lizzie? Done deal. Done deal. For I will really? always go to Phil Lynott. Always. Do you know? Are you, I know him. To like all the Thin Lizzy is a lot. I'm not. I know Jailbreak. Oh. I know. Um, give me some songs. You got some digging in to do because you'll be bad reputation. I mean, no. I mean, there's so many songs. Like, uh, you know, uh, of course, Whiskey in the Jar. I know that one. You know, but there's like a lot. Every album, uh, Black Rose. Uh, thin Lizzy, Chinatown, Renegade. Holy shit! Yeah, he went Thin Some Lizzy. Beautiful. Yeah, you're gonna be psyched because you're gonna like you. Do, you're gonna start checking it out and be like, oh, I thought that was like you know, Boys right. Are Back in Town is the number one freaking tune. Right. You know. Well, that one I yeah. I didn't have to say. I was hoping. Yeah, that that's the one everyone knows. But Matt, is your favorite uh, Pearl Jam, or you Still got another at the one? Moment, yeah. That's not a bad <laughs> one to have. At the moment, for thirty years. <laughs> I, if I had to name my favorite band ever, I, can, I don't know if I can name it today. Yeah, up there, up it's there hard. would be the Doors. I like the up doors. there would be uh, the Almond Brothers. Yeah, I love the Almond Brothers. For a minute, I was really, really into Alice in Chains, um, Pearl Jam, obviously. Big Primus fan. Oh yeah, Primus. Love Primus. Big Brown Baver. Yeah, the Big Brown Baver. That's right. I'm trying to think of some more of their songs. We used to play a lot of them uh, back in the day. Have you ever seen Primus? Quite a few times, yeah. I would love to see Primus. That slap bass is just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to make me go deep tracks with Thin Lizzy, like uh, Adam Price is saying. I, I am so surprised you just said Thin Lizzy is your favorite band yeah. of all time. All right. And there would be no uh, Iron Maiden without Thin Lizzy. You okay. know, like that's the thing, they weren't big in the US, you know. Oh, here's a, a tidbit about boys are back in town. Good. So his mom what well, so he was on tour and he was like homesick and she was living in Ireland because that he's uh Phil Lynn's Irish and he calls his mom, say, How's everything going? Uh, you know, back in uh you know, back in Ireland. He's like it's like, Well, the boys are back in town. You know, the summer's here, and the boys are back in town, meaning they're coming into the pub and causing trouble, right. you know? Wow. And so he wrote the whole song about it from that, that conversation. They're, they're a damn What good was your first concert? You don't want to know. I know I do. No, you have your first concert? I do. I will bet, I will bet $20 I got the worst answer. Probably. Wait, wait I hey, got $20. You got to give me a hint. You got to give me a hint. Okay, where, where was it? You go first, because I know I, I, I win. Oh. Oh, it was Kiss. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So okay. you're in the lead easily. 1979 Dynasty Tour. Okay. Well, my my dad said, you know, I could I could choose a concert. My sister could choose a concert. I chose Kiss, and she chose the Bee Gees. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want to even be seen at a Bee Gees concert. Right. And this is like tragedy. Don't bring that ticket to Right. I was like, oh my God, Sue. Why? Well, come on. Like, yeah, let's make a deal or something. But uh, so, but now I'm like. Oh my God! I saw the Bee Gees in '79, and I'm a huge Bee Gees fan now. But you know, Kiss. I saw Kiss. When I was ten. I saw Kiss yeah, when I was living in Boston. So, what's yours, Matt? Uh, it was Green Day. I I, uh, I, I would have won fucking forty bucks. Yeah, yeah, the Nimrod tour. Green Day used to do our radio show at uh, WAF. Those they served really rocks. They knew us by our first names and everything. We really got along with them. Uh, then they became massively huge, and they didn't. You know, then they didn't give a shit about us anymore. But all right, my first concert, Southside Johnny and the Asbury Dukes. 
That's amazing. No, it's not. Are you kidding me? He's Bruce Springsteen. We're having a party. That's the problem. He came, right. he came to my uh, he came to my college and he didn't have a lot of songs, so he played "Having a Party" twice. Oh my god! <laughs> no, that's great. That's not. That's great. Jersey, man. I grew up in Rock and Kiss and Green Day. I lose. Do you like new metal? Uh, what's new metal like? Uh, give me an example of new metal. Uh, Disturbed. I love the Disturbed. Disturbed Stain, is ridiculous. Stain, I love. Porn. For a while, Stain was uh, another one of my favorite bands, and and he came in uh, once. And I was starstruck. It, it was very rare I got starstruck on the radio, but uh, when what's his name, uh, Aaron Lewis came in, I was starstruck, and he was starting to move into his country phase. I love Stain, and and you can't hear the, the, their music anywhere. No one plays them for whatever reason. Not in New York. <laughs> Why is that? Is there a... I, they don't like new metal in New York. Oh, really? Yeah, new New York and you. I, I was also a, I was a huge fan of Corn for a while. Yeah, Corn's great. And they used to come in a lot. Uh, Jonathan Davis. The, that band came in a lot before they hit it nationally. Yeah. And they were so epic. I remember seeing them open for 311. It was like at Roseland here. Yeah. And they were the first opener. It was them and uh, uh, that freaking that freaking band, Sugar Ray, and Three Eleven. And Corn came out. No one knew who they were, and they were all and in Adidas. And they were like all had their heads down. They looked like they just crawled oh, out yeah. of the, out of the sea, Dude. you know, the Pacific Ocean or something. And and they were all like, they looked green, like Dude. actually green. They were, and they they came out and rocked it. Yeah, they were and, wild. And they're still touring. They're still doing it, and right. and um, they used to come up to Boston and, and play a lot of our uh, radio station shows. That was the last time I was in a pit. Oh yeah, scared out of my fucking mind. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna oversell it. I was yeah. out of my mind, scared. Like this is insane. Freak on a leash is one Ooh. of the John Sykes from Thin Lizzy. This, they, these people know they're Thin Lizzy. John Sykes was in. Uh, he ended up being in White Snake. And okay. He, John Sykes is like a, another one of those. There was all these amazing guitar players, and uh, sorry to interrupt you. No, God, yeah. this is this is like what this is nonsense. We're not even doing anything. <laughs> oh, we should do something. <laughs> but he's doing something. <laughs> uh, but Freak on a Leash is such an insane yeah. song. I know Corn gets a bad name in the metal community, but they're amazing. Deftones. They wrote. Corn wrote the book. They all started singing like you know, right? That grumbly, yeah, yeah, with the, with the wine too. Not oh, even yeah. wines. Purely uh, his. And Jonathan Davis Jonathan is, Davis. Uh, he's quite talented, that's for sure. Who sure. did you keep me? Yeah, that's Vanilla Fudge. Oh, that really slow. Right. Very slow, too. It's almost like evil. It's the evil version. I love when like bands do uh, songs evil. Yeah. You never hear Superstar by. Uh, oh, God. The, uh, Carpenters. No, but the, uh, yeah. the, uh, uh, the cover, uh, uh, Sonic Youth. Oh, did oh, they? No way. That's a haunting song as it is. Oh, listen to their version. It's it's creepy how they do Superstar. Uh, Iron Maiden. Oh, right. Yeah, Whatever you went. Oh, yeah. What did what, she think of it? She was, uh, we were floating around <laughs> the edge of the pit most of the time. So we threw her out. She, was, she kept giving me the eyes. It was her birthday. And uh, oh. she didn't know what she, we were getting into. <laughs> I thought it was a good idea. What's a show and a half? She'll, yeah, she'll still love me eventually. But, uh, we Matt, did have a real good time. I got, I got to bring this home. Not so, her speed, though. No. So me and Matt have been friends for a while now, and Matt's like, uh, I'm bringing. Uh, <laughs> do you say your wife's name on on the public? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Jim. 
So Matt's wife, Jin, was celebrating a birthday. I'm like, oh, that's nice, Matt. What are you doing? <laughs> she's from she's from Thailand. Bangkok. She's from Bangkok. And Matt thought it was a good idea to bring her to an Iron Maiden show. <laughs> I knew she would enjoy the, you know, the, the uh, all it's of the affair. Yeah, it's theater. That's exactly yeah. it. She did like that part of it. Yeah. Was she putting up her <laughs> fucking horns when they were singing Run to the Hills? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Run to the hills. Oh, my God. I have no Run for your life. That's amazing. Wow, that's great. Oh, it brought me right back. It always reminds me of this kid that was like, he was like an entrepreneur. He knows his kids in like eighth grade. They're, they're out there. They have these like side businesses going on. Yeah. They're just kids. And so he would do is he'd sell like these the cheapest cassette tapes in the world, and like one side would be Number of the Beast, the other side would be Black Sabbath Greatest Hits. That he just sell, copied over. Yeah, that he copied it <laughs> like the worst hissy like TDK right, tape, right. and you buy it from him. Yeah. You know, he was a little entrepreneur. This right. guy, man, and that, that's what I remember. <laughs> What's he into now? <laughs> I sold stupid candy bars. Oh. Ah. I would double the price and sell them because people couldn't get candy bars back then in high school. Oh, that's they would come to me. Yes! <laughs> that guy was way cooler. He's got a falsetto, man. You have a voice on you. I, I used to love singing Guns N' Roses. I could do oh, Guns N' Roses, I could man. do Sweet Child O' Mine, bro. If they had yeah. more albums, they would be the greatest band of all time because that... They fell short, right? They're amazing. The double album, bands, man. the double album, yeah. Guns N' Roses was absolutely amazing. And the second... The second album of that, they didn't have a lot of hits, but I think they had yesterday. Uh, yeah. They had yesterday on the second album of the double, and they had. Do you know Dustin Bones? Oh Dustin yeah, Rogers? you know that's, Dustin Bones. That's Izzy's song. Dustin Bones is yeah. such a great uh, Guns N' Roses song. I saw them once, and they could go f themselves. Why? <laughs> I was living in. Um, <laughs> where's I living, man? It's so weird that I've settled down in New York because I was I was moving every two or three years. But I'm trying to remember, I think I think we were living in Rochester. They were playing Guns N' Roses was playing with Skid Row in uh, Toronto. Uh, I saw that tour. Toronto. Uh, Skid Row, eighteen at light. They just crushed it, and yeah. everyone was out of their minds. There was some stadium in Toronto, maybe where the Blue Jays played. I don't know. They warmed up the the freaking crowd. Right. Oh, and we were out of our minds. Yeah. And then we had to wait. I'm not even joking. At least two, maybe three hours for Guns N' Roses. People were falling asleep. Like what? Yeah. The fuck. And you know, I I had a, like uh, I had a radio job where I had to like you know take it pretty seriously. And and, and and by the time Guns N' Roses came on, of course they crushed. But it was so annoying how long we had to wait. It was the it was the years where Axel was like, go after yourself. Everybody, I saw the same tour, Nassau Coliseum. Same thing, Sunday night. Me and my buddies were like, Oh, this is great. Skid Row warmed, warmed the crowd, Sebastian was awesome. Everyone was going crazy, it was right in the zone for, for those times. And then we had to wait. I was falling asleep. We right. all, like, you know, we all smoked up. We were all like, Oh, you know, 22 or whatever. All the way. Oh man, it's good, great guns coming out. And then they kept teasing the crowd, right? But midnight they came out and played yeah. for two and a half hours. And I, we were all over it. I couldn't even like. That was about you know, the same worry. exact concert. And then we right. had to drive all the way to Rochester. So we had to come back over the Canadian border. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but we were all sober by that point. I mean, we were, 
we were all in our 20s, so we were pretty, uh, as you know, we were pretty twisted, as we used to say. <laughs> but by the time we were at the border, we were stone sober. And we got home at, I'm not, seriously, I think we got home as the sun was sort of starting to come up. Yeah. Terrible, man. But, Terrible. you know, yeah. they finally got back together, and now Axel uh, behaves, I guess. No one can do that these days, not even Axel. Right. <laughs> You're not selling any albums? You're not <laughs> right. Not making any money. You can't get away with that crowd. No, no, of course not. Love Bruce Springsteen. Do you yeah. really? Yeah, I love Springsteen. I never was a fan. I like some of his deeper tracks, but uh, you like Springsteen? Matt? I do. Yeah, I've seen him a couple of times. I saw him. I finally saw him a few years back. I was like, holy shit! Yeah. He deserves everything yeah. he has because he's one of the greatest live performers I've ever seen in my life. I'm, and I'm not into all his songs, but oh my god! Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. You know, it was like kind of hit at the right time, like. I was like sort of turned on to him at 16 and I was just going through that, you know, you know, but we're going to, we're born to run. We're getting, I'm getting to leave this town, but you know, started life somewhere, you know, like in my head, you know, right. You I know, might, come on, Jay, let's go. I might not be a, a huge Springsteen fan because my, uh, my dear friend, Buzzy, um, literally my oldest friend, we met when we were 18. He is, I would put him up against anyone as the biggest Springsteen fan in the world. Uh, he has seen Springsteen hundreds of times. Uh, he used to have a side business where he sold <laughs> Springsteen concert uh, video and, oh, uh, and audio. Shit. And I was part of the bootlegging with this guy. Hmm. We would get into concerts with him. <laughs> well, now you can. Now you can admit it. But So this is the brilliance of Buzzy. He was, he was in his early 20s, and he had this literal side business where he – uh, he bootlegged concerts. You gotta remember, no one had phones, nothing. He we was taking in cameras, huge cameras. Really? I'm so old. The cameras were fucking big. Oh man! So he had a whole plan. He would study the arena, get the perfect seats in the middle of the section, in the middle of a row, so it'd be a pain in the ass to get to him. Then he would recruit like his best friend at the time, me, and his <laughs> other best friend, Fred, and others. He would go in a wheelchair like he had. He oh, walk. no way. He hollowed out the wheelchair oh. to get some of the equipment in. My job was to bring in a tripod because <laughs> he knew he could get away with it to the point it's like, I'm filming this proper. So right. I would bring in a tripod. They're like, why, the, why are you bringing a tripod into a Springsteen show? I'm like, oh, well, no, I didn't do Springsteen, but I did uh, I did Peter Gabriel. I did Rush. Oh, yeah. Wow. I did, I did uh, a few guys, too, yeah. another yeah. great band. Another so great. I go, for my binoculars, I binoculars. He's like, all right. They were just going on my binoculars. And then, and then Buzzy, glasses. But Buzzy would right. be going in another section with his uh, hollowed out wheelchair with all of his camera equipment. Oh, my God. And then God. another guy had some other shit. I'm trying to remember. He'd link up in the bathroom. That's incredible. He would link up in a bathroom. And he would empty the, 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 the wheelchair. Then now he's a walk. He, now he can walk. Nice walking. And, and it's back then where you could have a, you could have a bag at a concert. Now you yeah. can't, right? Right. So he put it. He pile everything into a bag. Then what, it was our job to put the wheelchair with all the other wheelchairs. We go to our section. Then he would set up the tripod, the camera, and then he would put a coat around the tripod to make it look like a person. A hat, a hat on top of the. Uh, oh camera. my god. It looked like a dude that wasn't really into the show. Watch where you're going, man. <laughs> but then people, this was what was so cool. People would see what the fuck was going on and were all into it. Like, yeah. oh, we'll oh, help wow. you. So they're kind of blocking the camera a little bit. They're so That's into cool. that we're doing this illegal act, right? And then um, 
and then the tape would run out. Let's say after an hour, he had a runner. He would he would he would go all right, whoever the other person was, like maybe at ten o'clock, the person would show up. He would give him the tape to run back to another section. He bought all our tickets, oh, so we had. He had other people that were in on this that that were um, had seats all over the arena. So one of the runners would grab the tape. So even if he got caught, he still had the first half of the concert. Wow! Oh man, cool. he had it all operation. And then he, I'm, I'm sure stuff is everywhere now. Like you know what I mean? Like I mean, uh, this, I wonder. You know, I haven't talked to him about it in recent years. I wonder if a lot amazing. of his stuff is all over the world. He would know it, right? Because he, he was one of very few that were doing it and getting away with this. Yes. Wow. And That's he, cool. Yeah. And it was so exciting. We're like, oh, my God, are we going to get caught? Right. It was crazy. And then we, we would uh, pack down, break down or whatever, put it all back in a bag, put it in the wheelchair, and right. wheel him out like he was just a, you know, a Vietnam vet or something, like just enjoying it. Join the rush show. <laughs> John Court saw Nirvana at the Drexel Armory in Philly in Euro Tour 1993. Only 500 people. Wow, that must have been a show. We had an interview with Dave Grohl when he was starting up Foo Fighters. Oh wow! Start here in the city. No, we were li- we were living up in Boston at the time. You know, Nirvana. Kurt did what he had to do there, and then uh, you know, and then right. uh, Dave Grohl was starting up this new band. We're all like. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. And uh, we, we got to interview him very, very early on in the process. And do you think Foo Fighters uh, have sold more albums than uh, Nirvana? Wow. I wonder. Probably, right? I don't know. They made a lot of albums. That's too, the though. thing. Right. And they got a huge following for a long time. So Dave Grohl, I think, has a connection to George Harrison. You want to you try to figure out why? Who said that? Me, oh. <laughs> I got some thoughts. George Harrison, Nirvana connection. No, no, Dave. George Harrison, Dave Grohl. Oh, Dave Grohl. So George Harrison would hand in songs to uh, to John and oh, Paul, oh. And, and they'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, but we got this." And then it got to the stage with the Beatles where they allowed everyone to have a song or two on an album, but everyone knew most of the songs were John and uh, and Paul McCartney. Right. And George Harrison is sitting there. You saw the documentary, right? He's sitting there with right. these great songs. They're like, eh, I guess it's good, whatever. And then when the the band broke up, George Harrison had the best solo album. Right. right. He had all the songs. But he had all, those are the songs he was trying to, he was sort of handing in some Beatles over the years. Right. And they, they were like, yeah, whatever, dude. We got it. You yeah. know, you do your part. Same thing with uh, Dave Grohl. He yeah. was handing in songs to uh, Kurt, and Kurt's like, nah, man, I got this shit. Yeah. So, so especially probably the first Foo Fighters albums were, album was probably a lot of songs that, that, that could have been in Nirvana. Yeah. So uh, there's a connection between Dave Grohl and George Harrison in that regard. Right. Kurt was destined. Maybe he wrote he wrote a story early and had to stick to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So stupid. Yeah, so stupid. But imagine like having to scream every song like that. He set himself up for torture. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, right. When you set the bar, like you got to scream these painful two-minute, three-minute songs every night. You know. Yeah. I you know. Because Unplugged showed off his vocal talent. Yeah. That guy was going to move on from Nirvana and write some amazing songs. That's true. If you he know, was, if he, he probably felt like there's no way he could have done it, maybe I don't know. You know what I mean? That Unplugged was unbelievable. Okay. There was heroin too, you know. Oh, well, you know, quite a bit of that. A little heroin action, you know. What are you gonna do? 
dude, your bar just got fucking busy while yeah. we're doing this. Good for us. Yeah, it's good for Matt. Keep them coming. We're at Get Parts on the Upper West Side. This is uh, I love this place. I wish I was like a, a drunk because I'd be here every day. Because <laughs> it's a great hang, but I'm like get there. Matt's like, where are you? I'm like, ah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to come back over there. Because <laughs> no, I don't really, I'm not a, a massive drinker, but I love this place. Well, thanks for coming. We appreciate having you around these parts. Hell yeah. Me and Matt met when I, you know, lost my gig. And I walked by one day and said, I want a podcast right here. Well, where the pinball machines was where all the magic happened with me and Carl. Now there's pinball machines. Well, you know, you have to evolve. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, what about Schmidt, where he's showing off his childhood home. What's that? I don't think I saw that. Uh, Schmidt was uh, with uh, Jack Nicholas. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. remember the movie anymore, but I remember the scene where he's trying to show off his, you know, his. Uh, it made me laugh so hard. His childhood home. And he gets all excited, and they they finally get the address, and he looks up like, oh yeah, this is it. And it's a tire store now, so they walk in, and it's so uncomfortable and awkward. And there's, like, a tire display. It's like, well, this is where my bedroom was. This is my bedroom right here. <laughs> and it's a tire display. Right. So I kind of feel like that with these pinball machines. I want to show people. Well, me and Carl, well. <laughs> you would have been right in the middle of the machine. <laughs> yeah, Carl. Right. Uh, I like this tomato. He's the first time on uh, the live stream and, uh, yeah. and the podcast. I Thanks, like them. man. Yeah, right on. All right, we can start wrapping up. Total blast. This was fun. There goes Matt, owner of Get Hi, Parts. Hope always, uh, always founds the most interesting guests. He, he's really making something bigger than O&A soon. I can feel it. Ah, whatever. That's a nice. That's nice. Thank you. It is a nice con. You know, it's nice. D don't uh, hang around with me too long. Everyone that hangs around with me, they die. Oh, God. Yeah, they, they die, so... Even though we hit it off today, Tomato, you, wow. you, might to, you might want to keep your distance. What happened? Carl died. My two best friends. Oh man, I have, I'm sorry. I have older, I have older friends and all that, but my day-to-day -day, uh, number one, number two friends, oh, God. both died within six months. Oh man. So cheers to that. Even though you're not drinking, but let's cheers to that. Oh, there's some fuzz. Oh, you're gonna drink to that? I'll drink to that. Just cheers. A little bit. Cheers, cheers to that. Okay. Oh yeah, we, we, gotta, <laughs> we gotta bang the table. Oh, that's a bummer. So even though we uh, hit it off, don't hang around with me. Oh, I don't want to die. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> don't hang around with me. Let's say thanks to uh, Tomato, Sound of Urchin, the guy that does the drum beats on Dub Beer Show. Uh, surprisingly good. Surprisingly good. I thought it was going to be a charity case where I put you on the live show and be like, ah, fuck, what, is, what am I going to talk to this guy? <laughs> surprisingly good. Nice. He'll be back. He's a hater. All right, let's get out of here. I got to get some uh, food for the kids and stuff. So, my, you know what? My friend. We're friends now, you bitch. Thanks, Opie. Tomato from Santa Virgin. He does the drum beats on the beer show. We're at Get Parts. Matt, of course. Come by and have a beer with us someday. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>